now logged on with Glory Rising, where we discuss God's glory within you. We're so glad you've joined us. And now, your hosts of Glory Rising. Fishbowl Studios in Bedford, Texas, and I'm joined tonight by my best friend, my pastor, and my husband, Roger. Hello. Cindy and Andre won't be here tonight. They're still battling with illness, and gratefully, they're taking the advice of their physicians, and they're staying away from other people. Um, So let's get some little announcements out of the way yep a uh, little announcement uh the on december 1st uh we are going to be celebrating our 150th show and so it's that's going to be exciting and so i hope you get a chance to tune in on that friday night uh still the same old bat channel and bat time and uh you know we're gonna have some cake and stuff like that and just have a good time. So I think that's all for nope. this year. No. Nope. That's it for this year. No. Nope. Oh, no? Nope, nope. You forgot one. I didn't forget any. You forgot what? the Sharky Awards. Ooh, Sharky Awards. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you, you got that voting thing going on right now. That's and right. So we don't know exactly when the award ceremony is going to be yet. They're still working on the venue. But uh, we're looking for folks that, uh, if you want to get in there and vote for your favorite uh, uh, show to get the show of the year, uh, you can use our name. And uh, Oh. Um, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can use our name. Uh, but you just go to fbrn.us, and then to the top of the page where the little three lines are, <coughs> click on it, and you'll see uh, Sharky Nominations. Just click on that, and you can go and vote for uh, Glory Rising Radio. Oh, yeah. Glory Rising Radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then uh, then you can also vote for host and hostess of the year, or, yeah, mm-hmm, the year. Of the year. And uh, then you got the Guppy Awards, and so... That's for a show that's been on, or been, had a show less than a year. So we got quite a few of those here. And so that's about it on that one. Have to have your vote in by November 16th. 16th, yes. November 16th. That is so correct. And then we'll be going on from there. And remember, that's Glory Rising Radio. That's right. Glory Rising Radio. (laughs) And if you don't know our names, I'm Loretta Dennis, and he's Roger Dennis. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. So. And then, and you know, maybe some of the, some of you folks uh, that know Andre and Cindy, you can put Andre and Cindy down. Yeah, that's always possible too. Yeah, it's always possible. Yeah, they're all part of the team. They are part of the team. So I know Andre's family. A lot of Andre's family listens. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can vote for them if you want to do. That's fine. Um, so, but yeah, just get in and do your put cast your vote, and uh, that'll. Help us out and, you know, see what we can do there. Maybe we can actually take that one year. And it's one vote per email address. Right. 
So can't go stop in the ballot box. So all right. So yeah, we got those those two things coming. You know, well, it, one's almost here. Sixteenth. Yeah. And so. I think the last time I talked to Sammy, she was saying probably the first week of December for the awards. Okay. So and then we've also got the holidays coming up. Thanksgiving coming up this month. Christmas next month. Next month. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Next month. Anyway. Um, so, but we, you know, we're going to be here each Friday and, uh, from six to eight as normal, unless there's some kind of holiday or something where they close here at Fishbowl. Uh, but I don't think there is for the rest of the year. So, and occasionally there is that, um, ice storm that prevents us from coming in. Yeah. It's in Texas. So, you know. So wait five minutes and the weather will change. Right. So anyway, so that's what's going on. And uh, so make sure you cast your vote while you're thinking about it. While you're listening to us, you can go right there on your phone. Go to Mm FBRN.us. Go ahead and vote. Take less than a minute. And you will be done. So, So that is it. What else there? As far as announcements, I think that's it. Okay. Because we don't have any information yet on the uh, angel tree for the kids whose parents are incarcerated. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard anything uh, from Change and Change Ministries. I'll have to give them a call and say, hey, what's going on with it? And uh, so if you're interested in something like that, uh, we'll get you all that information. Um, Because they usually have a uh, Christmas party. Uh, usually first part of December as well for the, you know, just before Christmas. Around the middle of the month. Yep. So a lot of fun things going on and, uh, coming to the end of this year. I know. Already. So, you know, we're going to keep on, keep on keeping on. And when we get into the show, if you want to give us a call and be part of the show, that phone number is 214 five five six six two three nine again that's two one four five five six six two three nine or if you're on facebook live i am monitoring the chat and i do have it up right now yep. so, so proud of myself i got everything all set up and ready before we went on air <laughs> that means you're just getting better uh, but so we're going to get into the show, and uh, you know, there's some things that are uh, some looking at a few new changes after the first of the year, and you know, we'll see how all that works out. But uh, we do appreciate your time that you come and you spend with us, and uh, hopefully, we're sharing something that helps you out on a weekly basis. That's our whole purpose. Uh, if we're not if we're not sharing something that helps you out, let us know. So it's like you know. That's our goal, Mm -hmm. is to help you in your walk with God, to make God shine even more in your your walk with Him that people will notice. You don't have to tell them that you're a Christian. You just have to walk the walk. And everybody will know it. Exactly. And so, I mean, I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in others that, you know, it's just, you know, 
it makes people sometimes when when people are really you know out doing the wrong things and the holy spirit really convicts people when you just walk the walk you don't even have to say anything you just you know just live the life and people will notice that and then they'll ask you questions because then they see that you know you're real i mean it's 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 a blessing when people come up and say, you know, you are a real Christian. I can tell that just by the way you you carry yourself. You know, you, you have standards, godly standards in your life, <clears throat> you know, and the Holy Spirit, you know, speaks through you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's, it's wonderful. It's like, well, thank you, Lord, because sometimes you wonder, am I doing anything good for your kingdom? You know, we all get that way. And, but we get, we sit back and, that's a blessing to these people because you know as we've stated before you may be you may be the only bible anybody ever reads and so what they see in you you know they're going to say hey you know well this thing is real <clears throat> or they're going to say oh it's not for a bunch of hypocrites mm-hmm. so well know. i think probably one of the greatest poems i've ever heard <clears throat> and I don't have it with me, is a sample, not a sermon. I'd rather see a a sermon than hear one any day. Um, I'd rather have you show me than tell me what to, you know. It goes on. It's it's an awesome poem, but that's the biggest thing that I, I take out away from it. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. Because anybody can tell you or can preach a a sermon Mm -hmm. and as you've commented a few times on the on the programs there are people who are out there in the pulpits that went to seminary Mm -hmm. and are there preaching but they don't believe in god they just want an easy paycheck yeah unfortunately that is true but that's just about everywhere. Yeah, but <coughs> with that, they're hearing the sermon, but they're not mm. seeing it lived. Yeah. And that's what people want to do. They want to see it lived. Yeah, I mean, there's people are hungry for a change. They want the peace of God. They they want these things. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and yet they're, they're not finding it. You know, they're finding religion. They're finding, you know things like this but they're not finding the peace Mm-mm. you know they got they go to church they pay tithes they do you know f- get in all the activities <clears throat> and they're still where's the peace you know, and, and especially in these troubling times that we're in right now you know it just becomes another thing to do yeah it's fun or or you know it's you know the music's really good and things like this but they still haven't found the peace yet. And, you know, it's like, it's sad that the peace should be the first thing you find in God. You know, and right now people have been serving, you know, there's people who've been serving God for years and still haven't had to find the peace. You know, it's sad when people walk up to you in, in church when, you know, you, when you're going to church somewhere <clears throat> and they see the peace in you, you know, see the peace in me, and they come up and says, "How do you get this peace? I can't find the peace." 
it's like that's pretty simple you know it's like i don't understand the holy spirit gives you peace you know jesus says let me give you my peace you know not like the world understands but i'll give you my peace so why isn't god giving you his peace you know, sometimes it's our relationship isn't isn't what we're supposed to be. We're just being religious. Mm-hmm. You know, we're living a, a an undercover life, an undercover Christian. You know, it's like nobody knows you're a Christian because you've got it well hidden. You know, it's like, and, and it should be the other way around. They should be seeing you're a Christian, and as one one. Uh, one person put it in a book that he wrote. He goes, he says, do you have enough evidence that if they would take you to court, could they convict you of being a Christian? Could they convict you? Is there enough evidence in your life that if somebody, if all of a sudden they were going to take all the Christians and put them in jail, that you'd be right on the hot top list? You know, or would you be, well, you know, they don't care whether you're religious. You can be religious all you want. Mm-hmm. But are you a Christian? Do you follow Christ? You know, do you have enough evidence to convict you? And when I read that, because, you know, he, he was a lawyer, and he, he went from being a person, a, a atheist, to a believer in God. And it wasn't what people were telling him. It's what he found out in the Word of God. You know, and, you know, is there enough evidence to convict you? You know, we should be happy if they come and arrest us, say, well, we're arresting you for being a Christian. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. You see something in me that you that you're so afraid of that you want to get rid of me. Right. Most people, no, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Uh, hey, let me go ahead and die, okay? I don't mind. If I'm going to be martyred for the, for the sake of God, that would be the greatest honor you could have. Mm-hmm. That, that somebody's seen enough in you to say you're a danger to Satan. You're a danger to this, to society because we were trying to get rid of Christians. You know, we don't want you. But if you want to be religious, okay, we'll we'll let you be religious. Right. And it's like, I mean, something to think about. I mean, you know, think about it. how many people could would would if they would just say, "Is that person is that person a Christian?" I don't know. Oh. Okay. And of course, I mean, you, you get it's like, okay, yeah, you walk out of church building, the first thing you do is cuss at somebody or flip somebody off. And it's like, well, light up a cigarette and say, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and uh, I mean, I heard a, uh, you know, one minister say something the other day when I was uh, listening, going to work. And uh, it's like, how do you get? How do you find this peace? Because you know, he was talking about the peace of God. He said you're going to find it in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. 
know, people, well, I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want this. You know, it's like, that's taking up my time. And it's like, well, it's pretty important because until you know the facts, how can you believe? Right. You know, we step out on faith to start with. Say, well, I'm going to test the waters with this God. But how are we going to find out more information? You know, that's what we got the Bible there for. It's to help us gather information so that we can stand strong in the middle of the hard times. When people come at you and say, God's dead or God's not real, you know, he didn't make the the earth in, in seven days, you know, it, we, our earth's been around millions of years and so on and so on and so on. It's like, I don't care what you say, you know. Well, you, you know, there's no way he made it in seven days. Well, how do you know? You're only guessing and things. what we consider a day may not be what God considers a day. So. He, I mean, he controls all time. Yeah. Well, and truly, I mean, when he said there's a, you know, that he did this in days, you know, and he said in the, in the morning in the, or the evening in the morning is one day. So that means that's one, you know. One trip around the sun. Well, not around the sun. That takes a year. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, as the world turns, okay, you know, and so, you know, it's like, well, I mean, we we just need to think about this, you know, and, you know, what do people think, you know? So, I mean, give us a call, you know, was it 214 214- Two one four five five six six two three nine. Okay, and give us a call and give me your input on this. You know, some people say, "Well, you know, you're being too hard on people." No, I'm not being hard enough on people. You know, God says there should be a change in your life where everybody knows it. Christians didn't have a hard, you know, they didn't have a hard time finding Christians. Yeah, they gathered them up left and right because they wouldn't. They wouldn't back down when they wanted to talk about Jesus. They told, I believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, when they were taken to the lion's den, they were singing singing songs when the lions were coming to tear them apart. When they were being burned at the stake, they rejoiced that they found themselves worthy to die for their Savior. Mm-hmm. You know, these people, he's like, well, they're lunatics. They're a bunch of nuts. Well... No, they're not a bunch of nuts. They just believe what Jesus did for them. And I'm going to bring this down to factual events, um, tragic as they were, the shooting at Columbine. Mm -hmm. I forget how many years ago that was. But the one young girl that sat there and she knew she was going to die, and she proclaimed Jesus with her dying breath, and she's like, I'm not going to give up on my God. And she had that peace. She knew where she was going when she died. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's a tremendous peace right there. Yeah. I mean, we just don't we just don't know. I mean, you know, are we willing to deny Christ? You know, for 
money? Are we willing to deny Christ for a job? You know, are we willing to say, well, you know, yeah, I, I, I go to church and stuff, but I don't let that dictate my life. Oh, okay. <laughs> Without a change, you know, there's no way you're gonna you're gonna make it. Right. And it's like people don't want to open the book and spend a little bit of time finding out some truth that can strengthen them in their times in in the in the persecution. You know. We think things are bad now, but we we don't have any persecution here compared to what other nations have. Exactly. And one of the things I was going to say is, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to sit and read the Bible. Well, I have vision problems. It's hard for me to read a book. Even if I get the super large, giant print, family edition size Bible, it's still very hard for me to read. So I started listening to the Bible, and I know when I was listening, I think the end of last week, it's like, okay, God, I don't understand this. And that's when, okay, I heard it, didn't understand it, then I went and actually picked up my Bible where I could sit there and read, I still don't understand this, come back and reread, it's like, okay, Lord, I might be stupid, but I'm going to get it. And I reread it again, and I maybe haven't read it enough because I still don't understand it. Mm. And okay. I know he will give me that understanding. Yeah. God doesn't leave us in the dark. There's sometimes we're just not ready for some things and to be revealed. And sometimes... He has to say, okay, get rid of those human concepts of this right here so you can see the spiritual application of it. And you even hit on part of what I was dealing with because I was reading in Genesis, and so was the evening and the morning of the first day. Mm-hmm. And I know in <coughs> Jewish culture, and anyway, sundown is the beginning of a new day. Right. And I'm sitting there going, how is this the evening and, and beginning, you know, the the morning and the evening, if you would. And that's what God's telling me. Let go of that concept because we think morning is the break of day and evening is the going down of the sun. So... With that, it's like, get rid of that thinking. Think the way God would think, how God saw it. Yeah. And this is where we have to stand on the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, once once we say this is the truth, and, you know, the Bible is the Word of truth. For those who serve Jesus, they, they know this is the Word of truth. Mm-hmm. Well, then whatever it says, go with it. Okay? And... Man is not going to understand. Religions aren't going to understand. But you just stand on the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care. You know, the truth's the truth. You stand on the truth. Even when everybody else around you is lying, you stand on the truth. Make that the, make it final. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to do it because that's what the Bible says. This is truth. Well, what if it's wrong? 
Well, you still lived a really good life. You live, you're you're nothing to be ashamed of. But it's like, the fact is, do you really, really believe that Jesus, who he says he is, well, wouldn't you want to get more information? Right. Yeah. And so it's so important to get that information and be able to tell people, yeah, I know. I know who he is. Mm -hmm. I've met him and I've studied about him. I've studied what's going on. I've seen what God's done for people over the years. It's like he's never, you know, you know, he's never lied about anything. So you've lied, you know, people lied to me all the time. Governments lied to us a lot of time. Military lied to us a lot of time. You know, it's, it's all about perception. Mm -hmm. But God has nothing to lie about. So it's like, well, I'd rather trust him than trust the government, trust the military. Well, I was going to say, and God is not a man. He cannot lie. Well, yes, and the the and thing that I've, when I look back at it and, and really studied it, is like, why would he need to lie? He is God. Mm -hmm. He owns everything. He knows everything. You know, he's been around the, in, the entire time humans have been there and then before. What does he have to impress anybody about? You know, and that's why you lie. You want to make yourself look better or to get out of trouble. Mm -hmm. That's why you lie. Okay. But God says, I don't need either one of those. I'm going to just tell you straight up, this is the way it is. And this is what's going to happen. Okay. So, it may be just a few minutes early, but we're going to go ahead and go to our first song for the evening. And that is Overwhelmed by Big Daddy Weave. And we'll be right back. Shamed because of mercy I'm over 
is no one more beautiful you are beautiful god you are the most beautiful I'm Grace, owner of an amazing home-based bakery called Grace's Sweet Treats. We can supply all your baked needs, from cakes to cookies and more. Dietary restrictions or allergies? No problem. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Grace's Sweet Treats 2021. Or go ahead and give us a call at 682-319-6624. That's 682-319-6624. A portion of all proceeds goes to support our veterans and frontline heroes. All right, and welcome back. That was Overwhelmed by Big Daddy Weave. And God is so overwhelming. Yes. The fact that he loves us as much as he does and everything he does for us. Yep. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to imagine because we look at our human parents and compared to God, they did nothing for us. And I'm not saying that they were bad parents. It's just God's love is even greater than that of our biological earthly parents. Yep. And uh, just a little note about Grace's Sweet Treats. Uh, with the holidays coming up, get your orders in early. She's getting busy already. And, uh, you know, so if you you need some, see some of these things for, uh, for the holidays, give her a call. Okay, give her a call soon so that she can get you in there on her schedule. On her schedule so that you can get it by the holidays. So. Yeah, just keep in mind that she is a home-based business, mm-hmm. and she is the only one making these cakes and cookies and pastries and and everything like that. So she does need the time to 
be able to plan things out step by step. Yeah, and you can't rush baking. <laughs> Not if you want it to come out right. So yeah, just just a little just a little reminder. It's not like going to Walmart, you know, hey, it's at uh, Christmas Eve, and it's like, okay, uh, I need something from Grace to Sweet Treats. Uh, not Probably not going to happen. But I can't say it wouldn't but I, because, you know, I don't know what she's all got planned. But the point being is, yeah, they, you know, she makes everything fresh. So, you know, make take uh, go ahead and take that phone number, give her a call. You know, if you want something... That way she can get it all all processed for you. So <clears throat> as we've been sharing a little bit, it's like if you if you were to be accused of being a Christian to be put to death or be put in jail, would they have enough evidence to convict you? And you know, and it's it's something to really think about. You know, and so that's what we've been kind of talking about, how awesome God is. But how are we going to know how how much, you know, how much God's done for us if we don't get into the Bible? Right. You know, get into memorizing parts of the Bible where it, when all of a sudden you don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit can remind you of what you've read. And it's like... You know that he's never going. He stands by your side. He's you know never leave you, forsake you. Um, these kind of things will be strength for you in the times of trouble. You know, when you come to the end of you, you can stand on what the truth is, what the Bible says about who God is and what He's wanting to do for you. Yeah. I'm going to slip in here, and if you're wanting to join the conversation, that phone number is 214-556-6239. Give us a call. Let us know your opinion, your thoughts, your facts, whichever you have. Mm -hmm. And I'm also on uh, Facebook Live, where I am on a train the chat. And Miss Denise, good evening. Yeah. So, you know. Think about it, because um, uh, some good books to to read uh, along that line. Uh, the, the guy told you about the attorney that gave his life to the Lord and is now 100% for God, and that he was an atheist is Josh McDowell. <coughs> He's written several books on Christian apologetics. And explain to, to people what that means. Basically, it's how to discuss... You know, when somebody gives you, like, well, you know, God isn't real. Well, this is how, you know, he is real. He's proven by history. <coughs> you know, God, you know, Jesus talked about in more books than just the Bible. Mm-hmm. <coughs> you know, he's, there's a lot of historical documents that tell of his, a lot of things that he did. <coughs> so... So they, it's called apologetics. You know, you don't have to apologize for it. You know, basically, he's giving you the the truth. <coughs> excuse me, and the facts that will stand up even in a court of law. Okay, <coughs> and so so he does a lot of talking about because he's gone to court. He's fought for people's rights as Christians. <coughs> 
<clears throat> and just because they don't agree with it doesn't mean <coughs> it's not real or you know the whole point being is if this is if it is truly a conviction <coughs> you know it's if it's a conviction they don't have a right to take that away from you but if it's a preference they do so there's one book called preference or conviction you know is your walk with god a preference or a conviction a conviction the court will, will uphold but a preference they won't mm -hmm. so if you're just going to church because you you want to whatever but you don't live it by any of the standards then it's a preference and they, the court doesn't have to uphold a preference. But if it truly is a conviction where you've based your whole life on it, <clears throat> unwilling to change from it, and this is this is the what they've got, this is what you do. Not saying you have to be perfect in it, but the point is is you've given all your life to live this way. They can't take that away from you. The courts can't do it. They have to uphold our convic you know, our uh, convictions, but they don't have to uphold our preferences. And so a lot of cases were lost because it was just a preference. You know, their, their ideas or homeschoolers, you know, there was a long time that homeschoolers were being brought before the courts and said, you can't do this because you're not, you're not <clears throat> a certified teacher. <clears throat> and says you don't have to be a certified teacher to teach your kids. And, uh, <clears throat> but they said, well, I believe that Jesus is, I need to teach more about Jesus than this other stuff. <clears throat> and, uh, but yet they wouldn't live the Christian life. So the court wouldn't uphold it. So, and that's so <clears throat> true. It's like, and, they're finding that, especially with homeschooling, it's not just Christians that are taking their kids out of school and teaching them at home. There are people who have their children at home and are teaching them at home because the parents don't want their children basically being forced to grow up before they're ready, being taught things that they don't think that they need to know right now. Look at all the violence that's in the schools right now. And what our kids are learning is, hey, I don't have to trust their discipline. I don't have to follow their rules because the authority by the teachers has been taken away from them. Oh, you can't spank this child. Oh, you can't discipline this child. And with that, kind of mentality the children have learned hey I can do this and there's nothing they can do about it <clears throat> I mean a lot of a lot of kids think that the in-school suspension is a joke yeah. so it's just a way to get out of this classroom and go play around somewhere else <clears throat> so yeah they want their children being taught and given a good education one of the other things that and I know this was not the reason why I took our kids and homeschooled them, but 
right now, everybody that has a standardized test for their students, if you can't pass this test, you can't graduate. You can't go up to the next grade, whatever. But what I've learned by watching the stuff our grandkids are bringing home, all they're being taught is a test and how to pass this test. <coughs> and what they need to be taught are the basics of reading and writing and mathematics and things like this so they can have the skills that they need to go on in life. Yeah. And, you know, the, you know, it's sad, it's sad that they don't want to to teach the children what they need. You know, used to be you, you were taught how to handle your finances. You were taught how to write a check. They were taught how to <coughs> do these things. Mm -hmm. But now they don't teach it. You know, they get out there and it's like, well, you know, what's this? You know, I don't know how to handle money. You know, I don't know, <coughs> I don't know anything about, you know, loans. I don't know anything about this or that. Uh, yeah, I don't even know how to do get a job, you know. I don't know how to fill out a job application. <clears throat> you know, and some of them can't read or write. You know, they fake their way through. And so, you know, this is sad, but then what accountability do the teachers have? They don't. The only accountability they have is that they've got to teach the test so that they pass the test so that their school gets a better rating and then they get a better paycheck. And that's it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I mean, there are some good teachers out there that do their best. But with the system like it is, like they don't have time to, to really teach. But they just say, okay, here, start memorizing all this stuff because it's going to be on this test. Mm -hmm. And it's no good, you know. Kids need to, to get the facts. They need to get the information. <clears throat> and, you know, and then they're, they're putting all this new stuff in there that now it's the, the gender thing. Or, you know, they're teaching about homosexuality to kids, you know, five and six years old. It's like they don't need to know this stuff, you know. And it has nothing to do with their sexuality. It's due to a preference not not a right it's a preference you know they were born what they're born you know and so um you know so you know now it's all about this it's all about taking all the books out get rid of cat in the hat because oh they're this and that and then it's like these things have been around for years never hurt anyone now these people want to get in here and try to change everything to their way and their way of thinking. Well, their way of thinking is not right. What we've had for years was, you know, morals. Right. They want to take away all the morals. You don't need to follow morals. Just go live whatever way you want, you know. If you don't like being a boy, be a girl. If you don't like being a girl, be a boy. If you don't want to be either one of those, be a cow. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's you know, it's like the like way back in the seventies when they said, you know, you know, 
you know, just because you're saying you want you're, you're something don't mean you are. I mean, just like I can say I'm a hamburger, you know, but, you know, hey, am I a hamburger? No. I can sit in the garage and go, me, me. That doesn't mean I'm a car. So it's like. But the whole point is, is now there's, well, you need to have that freedom to do that. Well, where's the accountability? Mm-hmm. Facts are facts. Okay. You're born one way. You, it's like, this is it. Well, I feel like I should be this. Well, okay. So you want to feel like you're going to be a tree? Go stand out there and put your feet in the ground and grow. You're not going to grow. You're going to die. And spread your arms out. Yeah. But so you'd have no leaves. <laughs> but, you know, well, I want to be a tree. Okay, go be a tree. Well, you won't last very long. Okay. Because that's not how you were made. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because you're not happy because of whatever system or whatever is going on doesn't mean that you have to change the system. It just means you have to look at it. And say, am I willing to conform to this? Accept the fact that I have shortcomings. We all have shortcomings. We all have failures. So we, those things are all part of our growing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's like, well, I don't believe in God. Well, you don't have to believe in God. God believes in you. You know, it's not, God doesn't go away because you don't believe in him. And isn't that so wonderful that he believes in us? Yeah. I mean, when you go and read, and, and when you actually take the time to, to get in the Bible and read, he says, I have good things planned for you. I want you to prosper. I want you to be the head, not the tail. I want you to, to be the, the, the lender, not the borrower. I want you to be great. All these things I have planned for you. But, it's, well, I want what I want, and that's and it. And I want it now. Uh, unfortunately, it's the want it now. We're not there, you know. I mean, I went to work, you know, at the age of 15. I, I was working. Okay. So you're over there giggling about something. Yeah, Daryl posted on our, on our chat, be a turkey burger, not yeah. a hamburger. Oh, okay. Yeah, for you. So, um, so I mean, the, these are just things. It's like, you know, I I just don't, you know, yeah, there's a lot of things that, you know, we may not, you know, people don't do right. But it doesn't mean as long as you can sit there and especially with morals. I mean, it's hard to find people with any morals anymore, you know, and, you know, especially kids, mm-hmm. um, especially when you hear that, you know, you know where I work is like kids walking through there. Mom said, well, hurry it up. And they said, well, F you. I was like, what did that six year old just say? Told mama what? And she was like, oh, well. And she says, have you back? <sighs> okay, what are you teaching these kids? You're not teaching not, them. Not how to survive in society. 
it's not about them surviving a society in their eyes. It's about, you know, you set who you are and everybody has to conform to you. No, you got to conform to society. You know, people wonder, well, why we got so many people in jail? Think about it, people. Why are our jails overflowing? Because people are doing what they want to do, thinking it's right. What's Even best? if they know it's not right, it's like, this is what I wanted to do. And when we make choices based on, it's all about me, it's not about everyone. Mm-hmm. When we grew up, we respected our neighbors, we respected, respected older people, you know, things we like this. We respected our parents. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like, and your neighbors, I mean, you, you respected the adults. Mm-hmm. They watched out for you. And when you did something wrong, by the time you got home, they already had several phone calls from all the neighbors all the way home. Well, I was going to say, and if Andre was here tonight, that's what he would tell you. Mm -hmm. He said he remembered going home from school, and the first neighbor on the block would ask him about what happened, and then so on and so forth, all the way down the line till he got home. And he knew he was going to get a fanny whooping. You know, it's like, so people, well, see, you're into the violence thing. It's like, it's not a violence thing. It's It's a a correct, it's a discipline. We've all got to be disciplined to, you know, we're, we're here supposed to be part of society, not trying to be the boss of society, try to get them to make it our way or the highway. You know, this is what's worked for years. And the respect that we had, you know, we had respect for police officers. We had respect for firefighters. Now it's there's no respect, you know. Now the police officers are got to be cruel because the people are cruel to them. So they have to come up and, you know, make sure they defend themselves. I'm going to have to handcuff you for your safety. As I know you're handcuffing me because of you know, your problem of worried about safety, you know, used to be, it's like, okay, you know, and yet you still had killings and stuff like this. But the point being is, you know, there's no perfect society, but yet why can't, you know, these people with all these weird ideas, you know, I mean, go all the way back to the sixties, you know, where, they started saying, well, you can't spank your children anymore because you're you're destroying their creativity. It's like, well, it's like, I didn't destroy my creativity. I was going <laughs> to say, my creativity had nothing to do with the discipline. But yeah, you know, my discipline showed me how to work for a living, how to respect others, how to keep a job. You know, I've worked all my life. Yeah, and the discipline also <clears throat> taught you work ethics. Yeah, so you know, you 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 respect you respect these things, and and it, you know, it used to be that you know, businesses kept you for you know when you went to work there, you started at the age of thirteen or fifteen, whichever the case may be, sixteen years old, and you were there until you were sixty-five, because. You know, they taught you, and they and you stayed working for them. 
you know, today it's like if you if you have a job more than three years, I mean, you know, you're you're really doing good. But most people can't hold a job. It's like, well, I, you know, I want to act this way, and I, you know, I'm not going to change for you. Okay, then I'm going to bring it around to the other side of the the flip side of that mm-hmm. coin. You're right. There's a lot of people who don't keep their jobs more than three years. But there are a lot of companies who don't want employees who are tenured, who've been there for a long time, because that means they have to give you more. And I'm sitting there at my job, and it's like, they don't care how long you've been there. You just go and you do your job. Don't question why. don't, Don't do any of the other things. But I'm finding out that if they were to let me go right now and hire somebody brand new off the streets who ha- who doesn't have the experience that I have, doesn't have a lot of this stuff, they're going to pay that person they're bringing in fresh off the street more than what they're paying me. And so <coughs> as as you know, as Roger and I have grown up, we're 7 months apart in age and I'm sitting there going, okay, I was taught to be respectful. I was taught to do my job and do it to the best of my ability. I was taught to stay at that job. And now I'm sitting there going, why? Why aren't they teaching people that? Why are the employer um, yeah, employers not wanting to hang on to these people? Yeah, and that's that's a good question. I mean, you know, the the thing is, is I know like for where I work, they have a hard time keeping people because they don't they get one or two paychecks, and then it's like I'm not gonna follow all your rules. Mm-hmm. You need to change your rules, or I'm not gonna work here. Well, I can say in the last I think three months, we've hired a fair number of people. And one person lasted two days before she up and walked out. Another one gave it two months, and she quit. And I'm sitting there going, you've got all this going on. You're having to take and spend more money trying to hire somebody Hmm. than working on maintaining that position. And I'm sitting there going, I don't understand yeah. Well, I mean, they they have the rules, and, and some people just don't want to follow rules. You know, they want to say, you know, oh, you have a dress code. Well, I'm not following your dress code. You can't make me. Yeah, I can. You can either. There's the door. You got that at the door. <clears throat> but then they say, well, it's it's not right because you're infringing upon my. My well, creativity. You know, what I'm, you know, what about me? It's like, what about you? You're here to do a job. You're not here to look good. You're not here to do anything else but do your job. Mm-hmm. So. And, okay, you can look at our military. They have a dress code. You will adhere to that dress code. Whether you like that dress code or not, you will adhere to it. And they tell you what color you can wear. They tell you what style you can wear, things like this. Well, with where I am, I have to wear scrubs. 
and people think, oh, that's not bad. Well, they have they tell me what color scrubs I can wear. Mm-hmm. And hate to say it, but it's a color I don't like, but <laughs> neither here nor there. They didn't ask my opinion. They just said, this is what you're going to wear. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, where I work, too, I, I have a uniform I have to wear. I have to maintain certain standards. Okay. You know, that's, you know, that don't bother me. But it bothers a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're struggling with some people that don't want to conform. It's like, well, then we're just going to get rid of them. So, you know, it's a throwaway society. And unfortunately, it's it's hard to find the quality people that are willing to say, "Hey, you know, yeah, I'm willing to conform to your dress code," because they, you know, they paid good wage, a decent wage. So it's like you want to get paid a decent wage, you need to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. You know, it's everybody wants to be a millionaire by the time they're 21, but yet they don't want to work for it. You know, it's like, well, where are you going to get the million dollars from, you know? Um, but we get the, we get that way also in our spiritual walk. Mm-hmm. You know, today we're taught that, you know, you can live any way you want. God's going to accept you no matter what. So just just say you're sorry occasionally and, uh, you know, go live the way you want. Just make sure you, you go to church and, and pay the tithes so that we can keep that fancy building going. <clears throat> it's really nothing about God. It's all about a building. So, And it is time for that next break. And our next song is We All Need Jesus by Danny Goki. We'll be right back. so quick to point a finger We judge things from my point of view The things that we say, the trouble it makes It hurts you and it hurts me too This is such a fallen world we live in It's really not the way it's supposed to be What if we could see each other different? It'd probably change everything We're all broken people Don't we all need Jesus? Every moment of our lives 24, 3, 6, 5 A human is equal Don't we all have our weakness? Everybody makes mistakes Everybody needs their grace We all need Jesus Who think they don't We got stuff we hide Deep down inside There's so much that we don't show Yeah, it's just the only world we live in It's really not the way it's supposed to be Isn't that the beauty of redemption? It changes everything We're all broken people Don't we all need Jesus? Every moment of our lives 24, 3, 6, 5 
a beggar to the rich man From the prison to the preacher Oh, all I know is we all need Jesus All I know is we all need Jesus Every man and every woman Every city, every nation owner of an amazing home-based bakery called Grace's Sweet Treats. We can supply all your baked needs, from cakes to cookies and more. Dietary restrictions or allergies? No problem. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Grace's Sweet Treats 2021. Or go ahead and give us a call at 682-319-6624. That's 682-319-6624. A portion of all proceeds goes to support our veterans and frontline heroes. All right, and welcome back. That was We All Need Jesus by Danny Gokey. And that's so true. We all need Jesus. Yeah. Whether we think we do or not, <laughs> we all need Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot of people say that they don't need Jesus because they, everything they got, everything they need. Well, you'll find out that you don't have everything you need. And you can't get to heaven without it. Well, yes, I can. No, you can't. You can't get to heaven without Jesus. You know, it just, that's the way that it was, you know, his son, you know, Jesus had come and be the sacrifice for our sins. So without him and without acknowledging him as being Lord, you're not going to make it. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't tell me that. I can because the Bible says so. No. Well, he's a loving God. Yes, he's a loving God. He sure is a loving God. But he's also said this is the rules that you will go abide by if you want to be part of my kingdom. So, and if you're wanting to be part of our show tonight, you can give us a call at 214-556-6239. Mm-hmm. Or you can join me on Facebook Live where I do monitor the chat. So let us know what you think. Okay. So we've had a few people getting on there and, and sharing some thoughts and some, some funny things, and uh, which is okay. You know, we, we don't have a problem with that at all. But we do want, we, the, the big thing is, is what we're talking about is it, the, the, basically the question I asked to begin with. If they were going to per- prosecute you for uh, being a Christian, would they have enough evidence to convict you? Or would you be released? 
And sometimes we may think that, how do I put this? Not that we're not Christians, but we're not strong Christians. And you may think you're doing okay, but when other people see you, they don't see you the way you see you. You see you as being just fine. I'm serving God. I'm staying away from alcohol. I'm staying away from cigarettes. I don't do drugs. I don't cheat on my spouse. I don't, all the things you don't do. But then it's what do you do mm-hmm. to show that Christian life? Yeah. So, I mean, we we can let the enemy destroy us with that. It's like, well, see, I'm never going to be good enough, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you're right. You will never be good enough. And that is a truth. You will never be good enough without Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also know that for myself, you know, when every time you've asked that question, it's like, I think I'm doing okay. I don't see any, and I deal with this at work too. I don't see anything special about me. I don't see anything different in me. You know, this is who I am. This is how I am. And yet people at work will comment on how different I am, how patient, how at peace I am. And I'm sitting there going, I'm just me. Because it becomes so much natural part of you Mm -hmm. that, you know, we don't, sometimes we don't even notice what we're going through and, and what other people see in us. Because, you know, we're dealing with a lot of mental thinking mm-hmm. about things. Uh, the enemy's trying to destroy us with our thoughts and things like this. And it's like, but the point is, is we can hang on to the truth. And we can still have a persona that it's a peace. I know that God's got me in his hands. I know that God's going to take care of this. So... All I got to do is just rest in him and, and, and go for the ride. Okay. If I'm going down a rapids in a boat, okay, it's like, I don't have an oar. <laughs> what am I going to do? Well, you let the person that has the oar get you through it. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus does. I mean, he has the way of getting through. He already knows a lot about it. So we just can I can I say I can be like Jesus and just lay down in the little raft and go to sleep while others take care of the problem? I mean, if you're at peace, it's like it doesn't matter what the world's going on or whether it's a storm out there, you know, that Jesus wasn't worried about it. And, you know, it amazed me when I, you know, when I was doing my studies a long time ago. It's like it's like all these people seeing him, he's asleep in the boat. And he's not worried about the storm. He's not worried about the water coming over the side. We're going to drown. We're all going to die. <laughs> Wake him up and say, we're all going to die if you don't do something. Man, I'm trying to get some rest. You ain't going to die. you got the Savior in the boat. It's like, and you're worried about dying? And Jesus just gets up and says to the winds, peace, be still. And, you know, he's got 
all the control over all the weather. And it was it was a lesson for them to learn. Mm-hmm. And it's a lesson for us to learn. That's why we go through things, so that we can see the the provision of God. You know, yeah, it may not be over with in in you know five minutes. You know, we may go through situations that are going to last years. Just like the children of Israel had to go through things that lasted 40 years or 400 years. Not that you're going to see the end of this one, Mm -hmm. but they were exiled for 400 years because of their disobedience. So a lot of, you know, you're looking at three, almost four generations of people before God says, now, I'm going to restore you. Well, that's not fair. I don't get to see the redemption. Well, what caused you to be in the situation to begin with? You need to learn about sin. You need to learn who's in charge. You know, and it may take that with with Americans. You know, we are such a spoiled group of people. It is it is terrible. You know, there's there's so many nations around that the people are in poverty. But yet, they're the most, you know, at peace people. You know, the ones that I've, that I've seen in, in the different places that I've gone. You know, yeah, we don't have a lot, but what we have is ours. Mm-hmm. We're not worried about it. Yeah, I got four pieces, you know, four crates around me, you know, uh, shipping crates, and a tin piece of metal on the top. And that's my place of residence. Well, that's not, you know, yeah. It's shelter, and, you know, in there they have their possessions. And they're happy. Man, if we only had, you know, if we had three pallets with a piece of metal over the top, oh, man, you're, you're, just, a, you're just a bum. No, those people were wealthy. They were happy. Yeah. You know, when we went down there and... and We went to a place, it was all these just pallets and tin with some blankets for a door. You know, I said, man, so this is poverty down here. It said, no, these people, these people have jobs, everything. It's just this, they're living good. He said, I can take you to a place that where the poor are. I said, these aren't poor? He says, no, it's not like America. These people, you know, they have what they need. They have a place to stay. They got, you know, a warm place. They got food. They got a job. But, you know, no, they don't have cars. It's like, no, they don't need cars. They just work right over there, you know. But what they do own is theirs. They mm-hmm. don't have a bunch of credit and stuff like this. The families stick together. The families work together. The, you know, the, all these things. I said, man, it, it puts us to shame. You know, we got to have a bigger, better house. You know, we got to, you know, we got two kids, but we have 12 bedroom house and, you know, 14 bathrooms and, you know, a pool and, you know, six cars. And, you know, I was like, why? <laughs> you don't need all that. 
but we got to have more than the Joneses. We got more than the neighbor down the street. So, but we get we get looking at things in the material things, and we don't look at the value of a family. Hmm. Um, you know, we go back to looking at the Bible, and it's like, you know, as you know, people got married, they added on to their tents to the to the father. You know, or as if you know. The father's house has many rooms, not mansions. Okay. The translation there is incorrect as far as there are many rooms, not mansions, with God. And it it goes back to during that time that when they got when a, a man sent his son out to, to get his bride, he had to build or to put an extra tent attached to the father's tent or build a building attached to their building. And he had to make it perfect just the way the father wanted it to be. And until the father approved it, he couldn't marry the the woman. But the whole thing was, is he got, they all stayed together as a family. And so you know, the woman was always taken care of. The old woman came into a whole new family. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's where when you see it says a man must leave his father and mother and his wo- and the woman needs to leave her father, you know, to become one. So, you know, it was time to, to come together. So, I mean, there was a lot of uh, things there that, you know, people had respect for marriage. There were some people that didn't. There was some folks that abused the situation. I mean, that's this is there's not a perfect world. That, all that's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, but the the thing is, is you know, more people. You know, family was always a big thing. And you see in the in in the old time, even during. Our, our our years, you know, we've seen family was a very important thing. Family reunions were something as, as held as a treasure. Now you can't get them together five minutes without, you know, somebody getting into a fight. People don't want to get together for Thanksgiving or, or Christmas anymore because it's like, I don't want to see that person. And I don't want, you know, I don't want to think I have to buy them something. You know, it's like, so the family separates instead of staying together and learning from one another, Mm -hmm. learning from the experience of the parents and, you know, the aunts, uncles, you know, as as it was said, it's like, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes multiple people with all their talents and skills and, and love Mm -hmm. to raise a child. But now, you know, we don't we don't see this. You know, there's still some of it going on, but not nearly as it, as it was before. But and also they trusted in you know they put their faith in the Bible a lot more back then too. I mean, laws were made from the scriptures. You know, 
that's where we got a lot of our laws. We we got it from the Bible. You know, mm-hmm. here's these set of laws that will help us govern better. Well, now they want to change them all around. You know, let's throw out the Constitution. It's like, wait a minute, you know, because it's it's it's, it's religious. It's a religious thing, so we need to get rid of the Constitution. Constitution was set up for the people. It wasn't about a religious thing. It was about the, these set of standards they agreed upon mm-hmm. to govern the people. Because God said this was the best way. You know, now they they keep trying to destroy the Constitution. We want to get rid of this. We don't want a constitution. This constitution. We don't want. Let's get rid of the Fourth Amendment. Let's get rid of the Second Amendment. Let's get rid of all these things we just don't like. That's just like a Christian who says, "Well, let's get rid of this book of the Bible. Let's Mm -hmm. get rid of this verse. Let's throw this one out." And after you do all that, you've lost everything. Yeah. And, you know, it was just something that uh, I remember, and I, I've shared it once before, that God was showing me, uh, and I was sitting there, I was, I was praying, and God was showing me I was up preaching. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I went up there, and I took the Bible, opened it up, and read this verse. I said, you know, I don't like it. So I cut it out with a knife and took it out and threw it on the floor. And I was reading out, I don't like this one either. So I cut it out with a knife and threw it on the floor. I was like, no, no, no. You can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. But I was watching me do it. And I cut it out. I kept cutting out and I had a whole stack of little slips of paper where I took a knife and cut that one out because I didn't like it. And God says, now go pick those up. Turn them over. On the back side, there's promises. There's blessings. From the back side of the page. God says, every time you get rid of one of these you don't like, you lose the blessings and the what I had for you because of that. And I had to change my attitude. It's like, well, I may not like it, but the reason it's there, God has a purpose to make my life better. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I was like, God, am I really that bad? He says, no, but it's a lesson that you need to share. And when you get picky about, well, I'm not want to follow this and I don't want to follow that, then just remember on the backside. There's a blessing you're throwing away too. I was like, wow, God, that's like, that's deep. That's deep. But also if you take and look at all the things that you didn't like, that you cut out, you're cutting out stones that help you grow, Mm -hmm. that are needed to see why there's this blessing. So you have to you have to take the likes with the dislikes because it all works together for our good. Yeah. And I mean and, and that's the big thing is like it doesn't matter whether I like it or I don't like it. The fact is it's it's a truth. 
Mm-hmm. God said it. I believe it. That's it. Yeah. It's a, it's a truth. And he's put it in there for a reason. There's things I didn't like when I was in the military. I didn't like some of the things that we had to do or the way things had to be done, you know, the way you had to march or whatever. There's things I didn't like, but I was like, I needed to learn this. Mm-hmm. I may not have liked it, but I did it because that was required of me. You learned the disciplines. Mm-hmm. And this is the whole thing is like, if we would just do that with God, we would see more blessings. We'd see God pouring out more things because of our being disciplined to the will of God. You know, what is the will of God? Some people ask. You know, it's like go open the Bible and go from Genesis to Revelation. You see what his will is. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and you know, and you could even go in there and look up certain words and like you want to find the will of God? And God says, My will that you would prosper and be of good health. It's my will that you that you would be the head, not the tail. Okay? This is my will. This is what I want for you. You know, people think, well, you know, and I asked this question when when I was uh, a young Christian. I said, God, what is your will? What do you want from me? What is your will? He said, my will is to see you getting better and better and better. I want you to to be all that I want you to be. You know, it's not about God. I don't need, you know, God doesn't need to make himself any better than he is because he's perfect. Mm -hmm. But he wants me to be perfect. And so he gives me all these things so that I can become what he wants me to be. You know, he's given me all, everything I need to become just like And it's like, what more could you want? <coughs> and I was like, well, I don't like this. I don't like having to go through the hard times. God, make it all easy for me. Because oh, then you wouldn't appreciate <coughs> the easy times. So, you know, these, you know, God wants us to succeed. He doesn't want us to fail. He doesn't give us things to make us fail. He gives us things to make us grow. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, sorry about that. I had a coughing thing going on. So, yeah, going around and around and around. I don't want it. Okay. You, you, you guys, <laughs> you guys can keep it. I'm just saying. <coughs> So, so I mean, so I mean, these these are just little things to think about as as we're going through these things in life. I mean, you can see how Job had to go through things. You see how Joseph had spent years in jail for doing nothing wrong, for standing his ground and <coughs> saying, "No, I'm not going <coughs> to disrespect my master by sleeping with his wife." And then being sold off into slavery just for being not liked by his brothers. Okay. And for those of you listening, 
No, that is not what you do when you don't like your brother. You pray <coughs> for them and you learn to love them. So, then, you know, we, we can see, but God had a plan. And the thing is, is God's always got a plan for each and every one of us. And it's not necessarily the one we want, but it's the one God has ready to give us. Mm-hmm. I've noticed a lot about things that when you go and you look at the different people in the Bible, God usually takes the thing that, you know, especially if it was, if it was a prejudice or something like this or a hatred of, for somebody else, he always ends up sending you to those kind of people. And it's like, but they did me wrong. And? <laughs> or it's, but I don't like the way they behave. Well, <laughs> you know. God's you know, saying, well, I don't like the way you behave. So now exactly. you're learning this. That's that's yeah. where I was going to go with that thought. Yeah. Was that, you know, God's sitting there saying, well, you may not like how they behave, but have you looked at your behavior? Yeah, you look at Paul. I mean, he went and, and was killing Christians. You know, so what did God do? He made you, he made him a leader of Christians. You know, um, so it's like, you know, don't be surprised that that God's going to use you in an area that you don't even think. You know, uh, so, but. This is the way God is. He mm-hmm. loves us. He's He's trying to get us away from all of our prejudice, all of our hatred, all of this, and learn to love. And so the first thing is, is you, you go to the people that done you the most hurt or whatever, or the people you just don't like or whatever, for whatever reason, and learn to love them. Okay, it is time for that next break. Can you believe it? No, this thing's rolling by pretty quick. So this next song is Remind Me You're Here by Jason Gray, and we will be right back. None of my pain has ever caught you by surprise. Still it's hard to trust you when I'm lost in the wondering why But I'll trade every question just to lay down a rest in your heart And I'll reach for your hand though you let me Providence, neither are a comfort to me. 
Are you cruel if you planned it? Half of me is still believing, the other half is angry and confused Oh, but all of me is desperate and longing to be held by you So owner of an amazing home-based bakery called Grace's Sweet Treats. We can supply all your baked needs, from cakes to cookies and more. Dietary restrictions or allergies? No problem. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Grace's Sweet Treats 2021. Or go ahead and give us a call at 682-319-6624. That's 682-319-6624. A portion of all proceeds goes to support our veterans and frontline heroes. All right, welcome back. That was Remind Me You're Here by Jason Gray. And sometimes we just need to be reminded. Yeah, and then that's the biggest thing is, you know, this world's got us so tied up and and confused about so many things. And that's where getting back into the Word and having Word memorized where you can, it can, you know, the Holy Spirit can remind you that, hey, you know, no matter what goes on over here, I still love you. Mm-hmm. The reason I came was to save you, not to come and find fault with you, <clears throat> not to try to send you to hell, because you already, you already chose that yourself by following, you know, Satan and his ways. But I come to set you free. And that's the whole thing that I just, you know, that I try to get across to people. It's like he came to set you free. He came to help you. He's not coming to put rules on you to make it impossible for you to live for him. 
<clears throat> he's come to give you life and that more abundantly. Okay. And so he wants us to have that abundant life. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and give that phone number one more time. If you're wanting to call in, that number is 214-556-6230. I'm no longer on Facebook Live, so I cannot follow the chart anymore. My battery's dying, and I forgot to bring the charger. (laughs) So, but, uh, you know, so these are are just some things to think about. It's like, take some time, you know, get in there and, and look into the Word of God. You know, I say, well, you know, I read five chapters today. Well, what did you learn in five chapters? I don't know. Well, then reading is different than studying. studying. You know, the Bible says we need to study to show ourselves approved, not read to show ourselves approved. <clears throat> Study's going to take the the whole thing and and see how it applies and the whole, let the Holy Spirit speak to us as we're going through these things. Because God shows a lot about our own attitudes and our and our own things that we're dealing with. He only wants to show us these things not to make us feel guilty, but to say, so here's what I'm going wrong. You know, we all need that. <clears throat> Whether, you know, where I, you know, where I work, it's like, yeah, we, you know, we have time that we share with the, with other people on different shifts. It's like, well, you know, I see that you missed this or this right here. We, you know, we need to do this better. It's only to make us better, you know, but we're not trying to put somebody down. We're not trying to make them feel like they're, they're not worth anything, but we all got areas we got to work on Mm -hmm. and we need to take those with gratitude. Thank you for letting me know, help me out, show me how to do this better. And when we go to our places of worship, that should be a time that we can say, hey, you know, you're not doing, you know, that we, I see that you're struggling here. You can't continue living in this. Let me help you to show you how I overcame. Let me show you how God showed me, you know, that running, doing these same things and how he set me free. The testimonies and things like this will will build other people up instead of, well, you know, you don't wear good enough clothes or, well, I'm better than you are because I'm a deacon and, and you're not, uh, you know, so on and so forth, where it becomes a, a pride issue. But help one another. When you see somebody fall down, give them a hand to help them up. Instead of walking up and kicking them and saying, well, get up, stupid, you know. And, you know, unfortunately, Christians are the only religion I know of that, that that shoots their own wounded. Okay, they try to get you know if somebody falls and into a sin, they want to kick them out of the church and say you're no good no more. It's like, no, you were a lot worse than that when you came to Christ, but now because you made one one error, now you're not worthy by the church to to be there. Hey, but at least you can rejoice in the fact that. God forgave you of that sin that you fell into, and he restores you, and he loves you. 
Unfortunately, the enemy gets in because they're they're told that they're worthless. They're not allowed back. There's no there's no room for them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that they quit and they give up. But based on the question you asked at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show, would they have enough evidence to convict him? Now, if he could pull himself up, not fall into the lies of the devil, you just withstood the test of time. Yeah. And it is so true. But but you can see how it it works on people's emotions. If they could get one get somebody to say they're doing something right, if they're always told they never do anything right, they never will do anything right. Because why try when you you are you know that you're going you you can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know. If somebody told me, I was like, okay, you need to go and have a baby. Well, I can't do that, okay? I'm just not physically able to do those kind of things. And yeah. that's okay. <clears throat> I wouldn't want you to because I don't need another little one around the house. <laughs> that is true. But, you know, these are these are little, just think about it. It's like how many times that you've seen somebody else and you've seen that they fell into a sin and your first thought was, well, they're not a Christian. Mm-hmm. But yet you fall into a sin. Maybe even that same sin. But you say, well, you need to have mercy on me. Why have mercy on you? You don't have mercy on that person. Well, I'm more important than they are. Okay. <coughs> you know, and that's really what we say. Mm-hmm. When we <coughs> put somebody else down, for the same sin that we do, mm-hmm. we expect to be forgiven. But they're not given the chance to be forgiven. You say, I'm more important than you. Well, no. God said he died for all of our sins. And every life is valuable to God. So... Step back and, and take that back before God and say, God, I've been I've been wrong. I've been wrong in my attitude. You know, show me how to help my brother, my mm-hmm. sisters, the lost. You know, they don't know any better. Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. As they're, you know, nailing him to a cross, you know, making him hang there to die. Father, just forgive them because they don't understand what they're doing. Why can't we have the same mercy? Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. They're just following what they think they should do. Well, and the Roman centurions that hung him on the cross, they were following orders. Mm -hmm. They weren't doing it to be vindictive to, you know, they just, they were told, you hang this man, you hang this man, and you hang this man. It didn't matter. They were fulfilling their job, which was ful- fulfilling the prophecy. Yeah. So, I mean, so just these are the little things to think about. You know, we've got to get a change of attitude, a change of heart, and really start to take a good look around us and say, what does God see in these people? There's something so valuable he died for it. What is, what is it? And learn how to minister to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. But 
that's basically what I what I've got to share. What about you? Got any comments? Oh, I've been putting my comments in. <laughs> yeah. So I know we're getting down to, you know, like the last eight minutes. The last eight eight minutes, and I guess you'd use a wind up usually mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. But I don't know that you have much to wind up. Well, actually, you need to wind <laughs> down. Because if you wind up, we're going to be here another hour. Yeah, we can't do that. No. Some of you need to get some sleep because some of you have to go to work tomorrow. Yeah, so the, some, of you, some of you people out there know that you need to get some sleep because you got to go to work tomorrow. And that includes Roger. <laughs> That statement was actually directed to, towards Roger, but if you know if you know you need to get some rest, get some rest. Yep, keeps your body healthy. Yeah, worked a night shift last night, been up all day. Got to work another night, to, or I got got to work a morning shift tomorrow. So, so but so I'm going to go ahead and wind down instead of wind up. It's been a good good show tonight. Um, a lot of things to think about. The fact that we need to examine our own lives and say, hey, if they were to accuse me of being a Christian and took me to court, would they be able to convict me of it? Um, also talking about preference versus conviction. Mm-hmm. Will what you believe stand because it's a conviction or is it going to fall apart because it's a preference? And I know there was a time that I went through a phase where partly because of where we were and everything, it was dresses only or skirts only. And I followed that to the letter. But then it's like one day we were in Germany at the time. I'm like, it's cold out there. I don't want a skirt. I want to put on a pair of sweatpants and take my kids outside and go play. And when God didn't strike me dead because I put a pair of pants on, then it's like, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. And it's like, then I realized that wasn't a conviction. It was a preference. It was a choice I made. But I could very easily go back to wearing my trousers. Um, so weigh in your own heart how committed to God am I is he my best friend I mean I know I always introduce Roger at the beginning of the show as my best friend my pastor and my husband but in all honesty God should be my very best friend. Mm-hmm. Roger just happens to be the best friend with skin on him. <laughs> so. And thankful and thankful for the skin. <laughs> so, um, so with all that in mind, we're going to ask that you be back with us next week. We'll be here on Friday night from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Time coming to you live from the Fishbowl Studios in the beautiful Bedford, Texas. And we will 
talk to you next week. Good night. Good night. Oh, and our and our oh. next. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember that too. So she's trying to rush us off there. Okay. So, so the last song before we leave tonight is going to be "Forgivable" by Mercy Me. So you all be blessed, but most importantly, be a blessing. Good night. Good night. To the too far gone You think you don't deserve to ever hear the words Child, welcome back home All the pain that you're holding All the shame that you hide You think you don't deserve to ever hear the words Child, you're still mine Come as you are Come out, come out.